You know, consumers really want to be educated on the products that they're seeing on the live shopping streams. So brands really need to be ready to respond to questions about those products. And also, it's really important that they're able to help people understand more about the brand, everything from its values to what makes it unique. And it's really an opportunity to tell more about that brand's story than just pushing for straight sales. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. During the pandemic, we saw live shopping explode. Many brands used it as a way to connect with their consumers when stores were closed, but basically all brands used it as a way to truly connect and resonate with their communities. But what does the future hold for this critical component of community-driven commerce? I sat down with Kate Gronzo, business product marketing lead for Meta, to discuss all of the trends that she's seeing in the social commerce space, how Meta is building solutions and experiences to support brands and retailers, and how live shopping in particular will present new opportunities for commerce, community, and connection, even in the metaverse. Listen in. She gets into some fascinating trends, examples, and ideas for you to apply to your business. Kate, thanks so much for being on the show. It is great to meet you and very excited to uh, talk shop with you today. Hi, Alicia. It's really nice to meet you too, and I'm excited to be on the show with you today. Yeah, so I always like to start these conversations by getting into a little bit about our guests. I think it's important for our audience to have some context about you, your day-to-day, and of course, your expertise. So why don't you share a little bit about your role at Meta and specifically how you support the shopping solutions and experiences, because that's going to be our topic today. Sounds good. So I lead the business product marketing team that's enabling organic commerce solutions across the Facebook app. And our team focuses on understanding things like market trends and opportunities to inform the commerce products that we build. Uh, We also spend a lot of time deeply understanding the sellers, creators, and people that we serve on our platform. And we develop the go-to-market strategies to launch and grow adoption of our products. No, that's great. So I know there have been some new developments for Meta, some evolutions in the products and the solutions. So can you kind of break down what solutions are kind of under that umbrella that you oversee and you know what that looks like at a tactical level, I guess, because we're going to be getting into a few different trends today. Meta's been in the business of commerce since our founding, starting with providing personalized ads to businesses of all sizes, but also you know helping communities buy and sell with Marketplace, and most recently with shops. So shops allow any business to set up a digital storefront on Facebook or Instagram and to reach their customers on the platforms where they're already spending a lot of their time. So our commerce strategy is really about removing the friction between the moment a shopper discovers a new brand or product and when they actually are ready to purchase. So we're also innovating in formats like drops, which allow brands to schedule the release of a limited product on Instagram, uh, and also live shopping, which has really been an amazing tool for brands to tell their brand story and to connect with customers throughout the pandemic. We're also continuing to invest in advertising tools for commerce. So we've got tools like AR Tryon and also ads with product tags. So many cool things happening in the social commerce space. And I think you nailed it, like that opportunity to go from 
inspiration or education to commerce or transaction. Like that's the big value. And I think a lot of those technology components or trends really meet that objective successfully. And obviously, Facebook and Instagram are huge gathering points for individuals to connect with each other, but of course, to connect with brands, right? Like that's the big opportunity for our listeners. So you noted that in your role, you look at the high-level consumer trends, the market trends, and identify opportunities from there. So we've been hearing a lot about this notion of community-driven commerce and the opportunities to connect in a more authentic way. So, I mean, how are you looking at this trend in particular? I mean, it's probably a mega trend if we were to break it down, but how are you looking at it and how do you see it kind of driving innovation for meta and all of these solutions and products that you're offering to your brands? Yeah. So people are faced with so many choices today when choosing a brand or a product. And oftentimes we're looking to our friends, maybe somebody in our family, uh, creators or influencers that we follow, and also the communities that we trust for our inspiration. So for me personally, I belong to a group called Main Street Mamas on Facebook. And when I became a mom, this was just really a really great resource for me to understand, like, what are the products that I need for my new family? Uh, But I see people in those groups asking for recommendations on things, everything from a newborn or family photographer to solutions that they can buy for a colicky baby, or just like really building confidence. Like, do I really need this snoo bassinet? So that's one of the examples for me where I'm seeing that people are actually coming and trying to get, you know, influence from people that they really trust. For me personally, I've been dreaming about renovating my kitchen lately. And so I'm constantly seeking advice from a friend who, you know, not only has amazing taste, but she's also got some really great tips, whether they're DIY tips or ways to save money in that renovation. And she's been sharing a bunch of lifestyle influencers that she follows to get inspiration for herself. And what I'm finding is that, you know, I'm starting to follow those influencers as well, both on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm I'm pretty sure at the end of this, I'm going to have ideas to renovate my entire house. So bringing the power of community to the shopping experience is creating a better, faster, and more informed shopping experience for people. Last year, we created some new ways to engage community through shopping. So one example is shops and groups. This allows people to support the communities that they really care about by buying products directly from them. We're also launching top product mentions from groups that you're part of in your newsfeed so that it makes it easier to discover products that are recommended by your community. Well, it's excellent. And I love the examples that you brought up. I personally am a member of the Moms of Morris group um, for my town. It, It definitely speaks to, I think, the role and importance of community and how trusted those people in our lives are, whether they are our very direct and closest connections and friends, or whether it be someone from our town and, of course, influencers, which I'm glad you really brought up because I feel like influencers do such an incredible job of adding this level of trust and context to products, to brands, to experiences. Like you brought up renovating your kitchen. Who do you turn to for that guidance? And obviously that connects to content, which anytime I think about social commerce and the opportunities of social content is obviously a big driver, a big topic for me to kind of dig into and think about what content or what approach to content 
drives that commerce experience successfully through social. Like you need good content. It needs to be authentic content. It needs to be beautiful for some, right? Like there are so many nuances there. So, I mean, what trends are you seeing in this area of content and commerce? And what do you think drives success for brands? I'm sure there are some nuances there. Yeah. One of the things that's been really fun to watch is brands approach to the live shopping format and the content that they're creating. So there's really a broad range of approaches. So from highly produced all the way to what I call lo-fi. And sometimes actually that lo-fi content can be even more personal and engaging. So with live shopping, we're finding that the secret sauce is really a combination of informative or educational content and also entertaining content. Last half, we featured a bunch of live shopping events during the holidays. And one of the ones that I really, really loved was by this brand called Lange. So Lange is a hair care brand. And they worked with this network of creators and influencers. And so in this particular event, there was a creator who was demonstrating how to get this like super amazing root boosting blowout. And she was demonstrating how to do this using their volumizing brush dryer. So in that content, she was super excited about this product. The community that was involved in that event was also really excited about this product. You could tell that they clearly had an affinity for the brand. But what was really amazing is she showed how to use that product. She showed the amazing result that you can get. I mentioned before that I'm a mom. And so for me, like time is is always something that's really important. And she got an amazing blowout in about seven minutes. So for me, it was really important because I could see that product in action. I could hear from her what was so special about it. And then the thing that was like the real clincher was she was offering a special value with a bundle. And so for me, I knew that I needed to buy that product in that moment of inspiration. And I just thought it was one of the most kind of visceral examples of just how special live shopping can be. So these are moments that have really become an opportunity for brands to connect with their customers in real time. And they're also using the feedback that they're getting from these events to evolve their approach to content and also, in some cases, product development. Such a good example. So I'm noticing more and more that there are small and up-and-coming brands really embracing these channels, in some cases doing a better job of some of the larger brands out there that maybe have the budget or the team size that on surface level we think is necessary for doing social commerce well. But I would love your take because you're obviously living and breathing this every day. I'm sure you're having your fair share of conversations with brands and retailers. So is this kind of a universal opportunity, like the value and impact of social commerce, community-driven commerce? Is this something that is accessible and possible for all brands, regardless of size or reach or influence? It really is a universal opportunity. With live shopping, this is a trend that was actually led by small businesses who were looking for tools to connect with their customers, in particular as they had to close their physical stores at the beginning of the pandemic. I'd love to tell you actually about a brand that has done this incredibly successfully. So there's a woman named Kelly Colley, and she operates a women's retail boutique in LaSalle, Illinois. So she's been in business for about 17 years. And prior to the pandemic, she was really just focused on her brick and mortar retail business. And one of the reasons that she was so hesitant to come online was that she didn't believe that she would be able to offer the same uh, personalized service online that she was able to deliver in her store. Before COVID hit, her boutique was constantly growing year over year. But once the pandemic hit and her local economy really shut down, she had to completely rethink her business. So Kelly had been using Facebook and Instagram, and she had tested with Live before. But when her store closed, she really leaned in and started to experiment with live shopping. 
And the great thing about this is it's really enabled her to get back in front of her customers. And it's actually increased the number of people that she can reach. So as a business owner, live shopping really was a lifeline for Kelly, not only to keep her in front of her customers, but it also gave something for her team to rally around. Live shopping is a new format for that team, but one of the ways that she helps them to kind of get up to speed was actually providing training for them, uh, getting all of the people who are involved in that content to kind of practice together, critique each other, and it really helped them build morale because everyone was learning uh, learning what works for them uh, from each other. Kelly has found now, you know, now that her store is open again, live shopping isn't just driving her e-commerce sales. Those streams are also driving awareness of her physical store. And again, this is a brand that lives in a rural community. But now that she's been doing these streams for a few months, she's now starting to get foot traffic, even from people from bigger cities. And so this dynamic has really completely changed who her potential customers are. I love that story. We're seeing so many more smaller businesses that, of course, have had to pivot in light of the pandemic, but have seen, okay, like this isn't just like a short-sighted replacement for store closures. Like it becomes a viable revenue stream. Like the more they engage with their community, the more consistent they are in these live shopping experiences. And I think that's where there's so many opportunities for innovation and testing new things, trying new formats for your shows. And I think this is only the beginning of the activities on the brand side. So that's a great small business example. Are there any other examples of community-driven approach to commerce or social commerce, maybe even like a different solution or capability that you wanted to spotlight to showcase some real life scenarios from the retail community? Yeah, you know, another example that I mentioned was we've now introduced the ability for groups to have a shop. And so one example is there's a group called Octonation and members of Octonation. So Octonation is an octopus fan group. But now members of that group can actually buy stickers and mugs and apparel. So merchandise that represents that group to show their love of octopuses. And those funds can actually go back and to help fund that community. I love that. That really shows that like there are so many different opportunities and that context of the community really makes an impact. Interested in learning directly from innovative omnichannel brands, disruptive DTC players, boundary-breaking tech leaders, and more? You can at the 2022 Retail Innovation Conference and Expo, taking place in Chicago from May 10 to 12. Whether you're looking to strengthen your omnichannel strategy, accelerate your e-commerce experiences, or get inspired by new design trends, we have something for all members of the modern retail business. Join executives from Coach, Foot Locker, Brooklinen, Elf Beauty, and more from one of the industry's most anticipated events in retail innovation. Podcast listeners get 50% off on all passes using the promo code RICE50P07. Better yet, early bird pricing is available until March 12th, so you'll get to save an extra $300. Again, take advantage of these incredible savings by going to retailinnovationconference.com and using the promo code RICE50P07. So as we think about the long-term potential and evolution of live shopping in particular, for example, what's kind of on your mind as someone who plays such a key role in driving innovation and advancement within Meta? What are you seeing consumers really want that retailers should take note of in terms of live shopping in particular? Because there are so many ways, I feel like, to host a live shopping experience, implement it. And we've already seen like a few different approaches depending on like the size and category. But are there any key 
best practices or considerations that you may be able to distill from a few examples? Yeah. So, you know, consumers really want to be educated on the products that they're seeing on the live shopping streams. So brands really need to be ready to respond to questions about those products. And also, it's really important that they're able to help people understand more about the brand, everything from its values to what makes it unique. And it's really an opportunity to tell more about that brand's story than just pushing for straight sales. So you asked a little bit about some best practices. And the way that we think about this is as brands are experimenting with the live shopping format, we're recommending that they kind of think about this in a couple of stages. So one is in planning, next in promotion, and then really just in testing and learning. So in that planning stage, one of the most critical components of a really successful live shopping event is the host. So identifying a host who can be an expert, someone who's very familiar with the brand, maybe it's actually somebody who works at the brand, or it could actually be a creator or an influencer. Picking the host is really important. And the thing that's really important is that they're very familiar with the brand. They can speak very authentically to the brand and the products that they're representing, and that they can answer potential viewer questions as well. Also, it's really important to plan moments of community engagement throughout a stream. So in some cases, what we see is that there's really organic engagement. And this is particularly true for brands who have invested a lot in developing a community on Facebook. But in some cases, what a host can do is actually script some questions to ask the audience throughout the presentation. So I actually saw this really successfully through events that Mirad, so Mirad's a skincare brand, they hosted a variety of events last year, and they did a really great job of, you know, kind of throughout their content, scripting questions to ask the audience to drive that engagement. And they made it fun, too. Like, in some cases, they were offering giveaways for people. So people who were commenting in the thread would be eligible to get a giveaway. Another thing that we think about is how you can create a sense of urgency. So why should your audience tune into the video while you're live, and why should they purchase? And so some things that brands can think about is, is there a limited amount of inventory that's going to be available? Or maybe you're launching a new collection that's being introduced for the very first time. Or in some cases, we've seen really a lot of success around offering something like a special discount that's only available during that live stream. So it's important to try and make sure that every live shopping stream has some kind of compelling hook that are going to get consumers to actually engage with that stream and then eventually buy during that stream. And then the other thing that we think about in planning is making sure that the host can see the viewer's comments in real time. So in some cases, we'll see hosts who are on camera and they'll have an iPad as just kind of another tool that they can use to actually see those comments coming in in real time. For some brands, they've also opted to have somebody who's a second content moderator on hand to reply to comments. And so what this does is it gives the host an opportunity to engage in some of those comments. And in some cases, we're seeing so many comments come through and the second content moderator can make sure that they're still addressing all of those comments, but doing it over text. And so the important thing there is that really enables the brand to have that connection with every single person who wants that engagement and people really feel seen and heard throughout the event. So the second stage that we talked about is promotion. So on Facebook, one of the things that brands can do is to create an event on their page for upcoming events. And this lets shoppers know when they're going to be going live and what they can expect from that event. We also recommend that brands use all of their different channels to tease their live shopping event in the places where their customers are already active. So if they have a community or a fan group on Facebook, they can post into that group. They can also let fans know about their upcoming streams on their Facebook page. They can actually offer behind-the-scenes previews through their Instagram account, or in some cases, they can use their email newsletters to really increase the audience that's going to engage with their content. 
Brands can also use advertising to promote their live shopping streams before and after their events. So live shopping streams live on as a video on your Facebook page after you complete your stream. And so a brand can actually use that advertising to boost awareness of that content even after the live event. So the last stage is really about testing and learning. One of the things that we really recommend is testing a variety of times for your live shopping events and testing different hosts. And what we see is that this really helps brands learn what's resonating most with the audience that's engaging with them. And then lastly, it's really important to be patient with your shoppers as they're becoming familiar and, quite frankly, more confident with this new experience. Taking the time to explain what you'll be presenting, how they can engage with the host, and what they should expect. And then most importantly, helping them understand how they can actually shop through the event. So providing education for shoppers on how they can check out and purchase with a live shopping event has been something that's been really critical as we're teaching shoppers about these new kind of social commerce platforms. Such great guidance. Thank you so much for walking through that with us, Kate. So as we started to close up our conversation, I do want to make sure that we discuss, so we talked about influence a little bit. We talked about the role of community at a high level. But for the brands that want to really maximize the power of social and specifically, I guess in this case, live shopping, what else do brands need to be thinking about? So we talked about like all the engagement ideas and opportunities, making sure there are points to interact with the consumer, which I think is a great idea, making sure that you're constantly reviewing and responding to comments and feedback, great pointers. But is there anything else like at a brand level that consumers are looking for? Are they looking for more deep or meaningful opportunities to engage with brands? Or is it really just like the product education slash product drop type model that's really hot right now? Because the only reason why I'm asking is like, I'm seeing more live streams that are like interviews, Q&As. Like I've even seen some athletic brands do like mini courses, like through live stream, right? Like I feel like there are so many possible use cases. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, What are you seeing consumers really connect with? Where do you think the opportunities are to maybe go beyond the immediate commerce-connected opportunities, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think that some of the most successful brands that we've seen through live shopping are those that are really educating people about their brand. One of the brands that really stands out to me is a brand called Docs, and they sell these wrist straps. And they have kind of these motivational, inspirational sayings on them. So they could take an approach where they're just trying to sell people these wristbands. But really, the approach that they've they've taken is typically the person who's on camera is, is a guy named Jason. He's the founder of that brand. And what he really goes into is why they developed the brand and why he's developed every single piece of product that they're selling. And there's always this really intimate story that's inspired the development of that product that he's sharing in the content And what we see is there's a lot of interaction with the community who say, oh, yeah, like that totally resonates with me. Or I love how that inspired you. That reminds me of the same kind of situation that I've been in. Or this is inspiring so much that, you know, I have a friend who's going through this same situation as the story that you told about this product. And now I'm actually going to gift this to them. So really developing that connection with the brand is something that's been really important through these live shopping streams. And I think that that's actually what customers are looking for. They're looking for, you know, a more in-depth kind of interpersonal relationship with the brand. Yeah, for sure. It seems like it's definitely a big opportunity for 
mission-based brands or values-driven brands, especially if like it requires a layered conversation or layered context, you know, to the product, right? Like, so thinking about like sustainable brands, like not just, you know, the mission and the values of the brand, but like how it's made, like why they decided to do that. I feel like consumers are being more intentional about a lot of their purchase decisions. So video and live shopping in particular kind of allows that moment to connect and and really resonate and create those aha moments, so to speak, that build the trust and build the credibility that so many brands are looking to solidify through social. But this has been so, so incredible. I loved hearing all of these great examples of social commerce and live shopping in particular. And I think this is only the beginning. Like honestly, over the past year, I've been so impressed at the innovation and the improvements that have been made for social commerce capabilities. But of course, I'm always thinking about what's next, what's possible. So how is Meta kind of contributing to the future possibilities for social commerce? Like what technologies or trends do you believe will be included in the social commerce story moving forward? Is there anything in particular that you're keeping an eye on? So what excites me most about the commerce work that we're doing today is that it's really going to be the foundation for what shopping will look like in the metaverse. So immersive formats like live shopping are providing an early glimmer into the types of experiences that are going to be possible in the future. And, you know, brands that are leaning into social commerce today are going to have a head start on their peers when it comes to designing those shopping experiences in the metaverse. So today, I'm excited about the continued investments that we're making for communities, which are helping to guide and inform the shopping experience on our platforms. Awesome. Well, for now, Kate, um, thank you so much again for taking the time out and for sharing your perspectives on the evolution of social commerce. Of course, all of the work that Meta is doing to support brand social commerce goals. Thank you again so much for taking the time out to speak with me. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, to all of you listening, if you have any follow-up questions for Kate or simply want to discuss some social commerce lessons, best practices, we would love to hear from you. Please drop us a line on Twitter at rtouchpoints or on LinkedIn at Retail Touchpoints. And we'd love to hear what you think about this episode. Go to your preferred podcast player, whether it's uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you liked and what you'd like to learn more about. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.